This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. This mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I am your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Rakesh Satyal, the author of the novels Blue Boy and No One Can Pronounce My Name. He's currently an executive editor at the Harper One Group, HarperCollins, and here we are reading a letter from a listener. And I think that this will also help us. Um, Head into our third letter, which is uh, a real doozy and, uh, you know, feels very like, yeah, of course, this is the hospitality industry that checks out. <laughs> right. um, not that people like this can't exist elsewhere, just that like there's certain conditions where they can really like make the most use of this. They can really explore the space yes. in the hospitality yes. industry. <laughs> so the subject is helping a dangerous mind. I have concerns about an acquaintance of a colleague. He owns a hospitality business and has shared that he's offered sex in exchange for business, has gotten into relationship-ending arguments with staff and press, and often drinks alcohol, eats psychedelic mushrooms, and smokes pot while working. He's also very vindictive and openly brags on Facebook about getting back at people he thinks have wronged him. This person is very dramatic and sensational. I can't help but think this grandiose behavior is very concerning for him, as well as anyone else who comes in contact with him. He's recently confided in me that he snoops through friends' medicine cabinets when he visits their homes because he's convinced that everyone around him has some sort of mental illness. He's also confessed to making up stories about people and spreading unfounded rumors that are driven by his paranoia. He can be very nice until he feels that someone has crossed or wronged him or even just looks to ramp up the drama in his life so he has something to gossip about. He seems to thrive on making people feel like they don't belong. It's not hard to see that he feels very insecure and maybe even jealous, feelings that drive his behavior, but that's no excuse. As someone who considers myself emotionally intelligent and who works with individuals experiencing mental health challenges, I want to encourage this person to get help without overstepping or offending them. Advice? <laughs> well, um, I mean, yeah, don't do that. That. Wow, I feel like sometimes on the show I use the phrase like not to be Pollyanna-ish here and I feel like I finally heard from Pollyanna. Like, <laughs> please do not do this. Please, please, please do not approach this acquaintance of a colleague who you know is out of his gourd and say, hey, I'm emotionally intelligent and I work with crazy nut jobs. I'm intentionally using pejorative uh, terms here. I consider you dear one, to be a crazy nut job in deep need of like my radiation of mental health. Do you want to take me up on my offer to get you help for all the crazy shit you do all the time? He will like at best yell at you and at worst will like kind of go out of his way for a while to make your life difficult. Don't do that. Terrible idea. You have no standing with him. You don't know this guy. He doesn't work with you. Uh, You have no no reason to believe that he is interested in listening to you. This is a guide to avoid and to warn other people about. And if he's trying to confide stuff in you, stop talking to him. Like, avoid this man. Don't be friends with him on social media. Don't have conversations with him where he, like, tries to unload on you. 
next time he tries to just say, can't talk, gotta go. Uh, and if you know anyone who's like, hey, should I work for him? Tell him what you told us. Yeah, I mean, that I agree. I think that this is clearly, first of all, you're so right that if it's an acquaintance of a colleague, there's already a remove of of a relationship anyway that just is not, uh, you don't really need to breach farther because it's really not an immediate, you know, if this were somebody you knew very well or was your immediate friend or somebody that was in your sphere. But I think you've made it very clear, and this is probably a very illuminating to you, letter writer, from the way that you've described this, that this is someone who will be very vindictive. Yeah, who will who will pull you into that sphere of the larger issue. And if they've been so vindictive to other people, then that's it's inevitable that you will then become part of that that kind of sphere of disaster that seems to be around around them. I mean, I you know, I can only speak from my personal perspective, but obviously this seems like somebody who's a lot of these problems seem related. They seem they seem to kind of be part of a core issue. And I don't believe from where you are in this relationship and being at a remove that you're necessarily the person to help solve that cluster of, of issues. I think that this is somebody who, you know, probably needs professional or some somebody to talk through where, where what the root of this is. But yeah, I agree with Danny that this is this is something that's larger than the kind of tenuous relationship you already have to each other. Yeah. And just like Sure, maybe some of this is like mental health related. Maybe some of this is like drug abuse. I don't like I don't know where I would necessarily draw the line, but a lot of this just sounds like he's a fucking asshole. And I think if anything, trying to like wrap this all up as like just a quote unquote mental health challenge really glosses over some pretty important distinctions. And that's not to say that there aren't mental health issues you can have that can contribute to behaving like an asshole. There absolutely are. But I think that if anything, it's like it's a little it's a little too easy on him to say like, oh, this is just a mental health challenge. If he could only get treatment, he would suddenly be like a really good boss who didn't take advantage of his power. Like a huge, I, I think the biggest element here is that he abuses his power to treat people badly, and that frankly, like the best way to stop him from doing that would not be mental health treatment, but would be taking away his power. Which yeah. kind of sounds like it might be happening inevitably if he's having all these relationship ending fights. But yeah, I guess that's the one thing kind of to your advantage is. You probably don't have to do a ton of warning people away from him because it sounds like he's doing a pretty good job of that himself. But yeah, don't offer him unsolicited help that he's never asked you for and certainly doesn't seem interested in pursuing. Don't try to diagnose him or offer him help when it seems like a lot of what he needs is like to be stopped. And don't encourage that this like mean, shitty guy who lies about people to like share his secrets with you because I guarantee you if he shares enough of his secrets with you he's eventually going to find a way to problematize you because you are now the like external recipient of all of his shame um, and then he'll come after you and try to you know make your life difficult which would be no fun for you yeah that is absolutely correct it's a real vortex avoid him give him a real wide berth don't talk to him don't hang out with him if your colleague ever tries to invite you to the same event don't go don't get closer to this guy and um, go do something else. Go go help the people uh, that you can, you know, at your job, and offer them the the best of 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 your expertise, and and be useful to the people who are actually seeking help right now. Agree. <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 no, I I completely agree. I mean, I think you're right that there's this is pretty clear, and I think it's also I I think beyond uh, the issue too is that the the colleague that you have, 
you know, again, that's somebody who's a bit closer to this, so maybe that's a different decision for them to make. But I think this is also kind of applicable to them too, which is that this is clearly somebody whose personality and the problems involved are are going to be damaging to pretty much anybody within that sphere of influence just by by the nature of how this person seems to handle a conflict of any sort. So I think it's best to, especially when you do not have a direct connection, it is best to steer clear of that as much as you can because it's not it, it's not going to be productive for anybody, but it's especially just going to pull you into a, a position of just further disarray than you already seem to be processing just being at this remove from it. Right. Like at, at best, I think this is like a kind of understandable desire to like be useful. But at worst, it's like I can fix him, but not about like a terrible boyfriend, just about like a terrible guy you barely know. and. I, the whole I can fix him fantasy is a power fantasy and a very relatable and and understandable one that is not at all in, uh, incompatible with being a generally like decent and, and lovely human being. But as someone who also has a little bit of the, ooh, I can fix him gene, don't try. Go help people who want help and don't make life harder for yourself than it needs to be. Uh, oh, you know, if you have a minute before before we send you away, I have an update from an earlier letter that I would love to read. Oh my gosh, sticking yes. around for that. So this, um, for, for everyone who doesn't remember, this is from back in April uh, from the letter writer who was working at a terrible nonprofit job. Um, you all may remember that because it was a really terrible nonprofit job, even, even as those go. But just, you know, imagine somebody was working for a terrible nonprofit. I wrote to you back in April asking for guidance about my low-paying and highly demanding nonprofit job I want to start off by saying I really appreciate for your answer. I cried listening to the episode as I took in the what now seems obvious truth that I was being exploited and needed to quit. I'd been in denial because of my commitment to the organization's mission and my boss at the time, and I didn't really want to accept the reality that I was being mistreated and exploited by someone I had trusted. A few months went by, and I'm excited now to share this update. I did quit that job. It was incredibly difficult and emotionally devastating, but with the support of my friends and family, I did it. I waited until I found another promising position, applied, and was hired during the interview. The new job pays really well, has benefits, and I get to work at a well-established company that can afford to provide their employees decent salaries and benefits. And as a bonus, I still get to work fighting for racial justice and the wellness of Black people, which aligns with my passion. None of that seemed real. At my previous position, I was made to feel like I didn't deserve the basic resources, but now I do. I have now been working at this new company for over a month, and it's been nothing short of amazing. I have benefits. I have opportunities for paid leave and a team of people who value and are excited to have me with them. I'm careful. I don't want to glorify and romanticize this position since no jobs are perfect, but I am allowing myself to enjoy the present moment and work on healing my feelings of worthlessness and incompetence that my previous boss had instilled in me. I'm happy, and if this job in the future no longer serves me, I now know that I can leave and survive somewhere else. Thank you. Well, I'm just pumping all my fists in the air. This is the best possible update I think I've ever gotten. That is so inspiring. I really, my heart is singing. What what an amazing 
just moment of clarity and uh, sticking up for yourself. And also just I've, so many people are, have this feeling about where they work. I think it's such yes. a common feeling and we re- it really does make you feel powerless. I mean, that's the most difficult thing about being in a role like that where you just feel like there's no way out. And the fact that this happened and because of your own sort of, you know, wherewithal and taking stock of things and pushing through them and still having a very realistic check on where you are now of saying, okay, now I know if something presents Mm -hmm. itself as being a problem. I know how to kind of think that through. I mean, this is really, really amazing. I'm so happy for all of you. (laughs) I know I am too, especially because I do remember one of the details of the letter was like, they were constantly getting promoted, but the promotions never came with more money. Uh And like their boss knew that they were being paid so little, they'd gone into credit card debt just to like pay rent and for health insurance and was like, I don't know where we're going to find the money to pay you more than minimum wage, but you are the best employee I've ever had. And you have to stay here because our mission is so important. And I really was just so, um, so hopeful that this letter writer would be able to find a better job elsewhere. I'm just thrilled. I couldn't be happier for you, letter writer. And I just, I hope you get to stay at this job for a nice long time and have a reasonable work-life balance and, you know, buy stuff sometimes. (laughs) So that's it. I hope I only ever have to end episodes on a similarly high note or better, which doesn't mean like still send me updates if something's happened and your life hasn't gotten better. I'm not saying like only let me know if you take my advice and it improves your life, but keep them, keep the good stuff coming. That's so exciting. I'm thrilled for all of you. And also it just is shows that when you really like this, this person will actually, letter writer, you yourself will be a great boss to somebody someday because now you know how to create the right circumstances for somebody's uh, personality to grow. So it's very exciting. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with a guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>